everyone. Welcome to the Super Size Phys Ed Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm your host, and I teach PE in Fort Myers, Florida, kindergarten through fifth grade, and I'm glad you're here. So I am on my old microphone right now, and it might not sound that great, but I can't figure out what's wrong with my new one. So hopefully this sounds okay. I'm going to do a whole episode right here, and if it sounds like garbage, I'm going to redo this so you'll never hear this, but hopefully you do hear this and it sounds okay. So I decided today to talk about my five top secrets in PE or of PE. And if you don't know what that is, that's okay, because I'm going to tell you. I did talk about that in my recent webinar, and I want to talk to you about those today. So here we go. All right, so I decided that you know, I could teach all the tactics I want and strategies and everybody's got their favorite games and stuff. And I think that's awesome. I do. And, um, but it kind of just hit me where it's like, you know, I want to go back to when I was a first year teacher and the things I wanted, I would want somebody to have told me back then. And so even if you're not a first year teacher, I thought of these five top secret things that every PE teacher, really every teacher should know about just teaching our young children, students that are going to get older and wiser, hopefully, and be more physically literate and all the good stuff. So number one, hey, maybe I'll make this a boomer. I haven't done boomers in a while. So how about this? Number one. Yes, the first boomer. So the number one is be your authentic self. And I'm a big Gary V fan. If you don't know who he is, that's okay, but he's awesome. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk. He says, you do you. I guess that's the best way I could put it. So when I first started teaching and I was in the classroom, it wasn't even PE. I was fresh out of college and I, you know, I read all these coaching books, Bobby Knight. I was a big fan of Bobby Knight. He of the uh, Indiana Hoosiers, but also of the, you know, domineering, commanding general, throwing chairs, kicking basketballs, you know, when he's mad. Uh, I read his book, read Pat Riley's book. Um, I think some other, I think I read a Cal Ripken's book around that time. Um, just a bunch of people and trying to get different perspectives. And, and I'm, I was trying to be all these people. Like I was trying to be, you know, that guy who was like, you're going to fit in my class the way I want you to fit in. You know, I'm not going to adapt to you. You're going to adapt to me. And also that one I've always heard, don't smile until Christmas. And I kind of tried that stuff and it just did not work. That's not me. I'm not saying I'm a just a goofball that doesn't teach or anything like that, but I'm, it's just not how I am. I like to laugh and goof around with the kids a little bit and joke with the kids and, you know, have fun and as well as teach, of course. And, you know, we'll do skits sometimes, <laughs> just random skits with our kindergartners or first graders, or we'll do um, some simple magic tricks, which will, they'll just be like, you know, floored, the, ooh and ah, and, uh, you know, we'll get up there and we dance almost every day with them and, you know, just be yourself, be your authentic self. Don't be somebody you're not, that you're not. And if you are more of a, a strict person, that's okay too. Just make sure you smile and have fun with the kids and, you know, you do you, you be you. And that is number one, secret number one. Okay. Secret number two is own your program, or as I like to say, fight for your right to PE. Yes fight for it. It sounds like you it's like I'm I'm a mean person. I'm not. 
but in the beginning, especially at PE, I was afraid to stand up to, um, well, my paras, first of all, um, when I walked into this program, there were three paras and one of them was kind of neutral, kind of on my side. The other two didn't like what I was doing. And again, I'm not trying to say I should, you know, just get into arguments with them every day, but, you know, stick up for yourself, stick up for what you believe in. And when it came to my, you know, my time when teachers are late, teachers are way early, um, you know, sticking to your guns and just saying, hey, this is, you know, I'm still on my lunch break. You know, I'm still setting things up. Can you, you please wait just a moment? Or, you know, if people are using your equipment, you know, there have been times where I set up equipment in the field and recess would come along and just destroy everything. And, you know, fight for that and say, no, that's not, that's not right. I don't go into your math class and start throwing pencils and paper and and things everywhere. Um, And as a matter of fact, my bathroom, and this is a big thing. I have an outdoor, I have a boys and girls bathroom under my pavilion and a water fountain. And I tell recess when I'm teaching, they can't use it. And I've had quite a few kids come over and try to use it while I'm in the middle of teaching. I'm in the middle of talking to 130 kids and I tell them to get lost. (laughs) Like, I'm like, no, go back. You know, you only have 15, 20 minutes of recess. You can either hold it or you wait till I've been talking, or we're in our stations, music's playing, that's fine. But you're not going to interrupt my class. I don't do that to you. I don't do that to your you know, your teacher. I don't go to your class and just use the bathroom when you guys are doing reading. So you need to fight for that. You need, and, and if you're doing the right thing, it's the right thing. You know, If you're fighting for that, um, I think your administration will back you. When, when, when recess became mandatory a few years ago, probably about five years ago, the first year, there were really no rules. It was like, take your kids to recess, and, you know, it, it didn't matter where. They, I don't think they had space, like places. They just take them to recess. And they take them to our field. And they, the field between recess and PE would get torn up so bad, so fast. And so I had a fight for that. And I gave some things up, too. I said, okay, we're not going to use that playground anymore for our free day, but you can, can't be on the field kind of thing. You know, give a little bit, take a little bit. But fight for your PE space, fight for your equipment, fight for your space, fight for your time, fight for your program. It is yours. Make it your own and it's yours. Fight it. Fight for it. Beastie boy, strong. Let's go. All right. I'm going to back up a second, actually. So the, the last thing I'll say on fighting for your rights and owning your program is don't let your kids tell you what to do. I've had coaches come in saying, oh, all my kids want to do is play soccer. Well, then... Change, you change it up, but you're not their puppet. Like, or or some people on uh, social media will say, "Well, my kids want to play Gaga Ball. What uh, what do I do?" It's like, well, is it part of your curriculum? Is it is it part of what you want to do? Is it part of the unit you're doing? Okay, I've had people tell me that rock paper scissors hoop game that I can't stand. Like, even my principal tagged me in it, saying, "Hey, we need to do this." And I said, no, <laughs> my, I, I'm not having, and I've had, I had parents tag me too. I'm like, there are 20 kids standing around doing nothing and two kids are doing rock, paper, scissors. So I said, no, now I modified it. I modified that game for field day and I had a different pathways and things like that. So more kids are moving at a time, but don't let somebody tell you how to do your program. Fight for it. That is number two. Okay, number three is actually probably my favorite. It is create your masterpiece and see your work as art. I guess that's the big one. See your work as art. 
because I am not an artist. I am horrible at art. I cannot draw anything. I'm not kidding you. I never liked to color as a kid. I never, I'm one of those people who can't even cut in a straight line or draw a stick figure correctly. I am terrible, but I admire art. And for some reason, I'm an art theft geek. I I love uh, reading about famous art thefts and uh, the people who caught them and how they caught the theft or the thieves and got the paintings back. And um, even though some haven't been returned, like I I just, I, I think art is priceless. There's only there's only one in the world uh, of a certain painting and if if you own it you know that is yours forever and you know it's beautiful these are beautiful masterpieces we should be creating or or if you think of it that way like if you create this new game that the kids just love like i created um i didn't create sport education i didn't create chukball but i created our blend our hybrid model of sport education unit and i consider that one of my masterpieces like and it's not just mine I, i even said this to the kids it is it was our masterpiece, and I still have kids talking about it. They're almost in high school, and they're like coming back to me like, Coach, that was awesome. You know, we don't play chukeball anymore, but I wish we did because that was the greatest thing ever. Like, to me, that is that is art right there. And it wasn't just mine. It's everybody it was involved in that. All the kids helped on the, the project and the, the jobs, and it was just amazing. So create your masterpiece. See your work as art, and everything will change after that. See your work as a craft. See your work as art. Because it is, it's creating these new games, creating these new experiences for the kids for that'll last a lifetime. They're not going to remember if you played tag this one time with a noodle. I mean, yes, we do that quite a bit actually, but they're going to remember the special things. And so, see your work as art. See your work as a craft. That is number three. All right, number four is don't teach the same thing for twenty years and call it a career. Innovate. That is uh, kind of a Robin Sharma quote, who's one of my favorite authors. Don't teach the same thing for 20 years and call it a career. Okay, there are some people that just keep playing 11-11 soccer, 11-11 baseball. They keep running relay races with 10 kids in a line, doing that rock, paper, scissors, hoop thing. Don't do that. I still see people talking about Red Rover. Are you kidding me? That's <laughs> that's crazy. Red Rover. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, teach sports be, or teaching sports because it's that season i know some people still do that now it, there's it's not the worst thing ever but don't just be like well it's soccer season so i'm gonna teach soccer it's baseball season so i'm gonna teach baseball i mean that's like 20 years ago teach sports the right way using the tgfu model hopefully but at least engaging the kids the right way in the correct units if you're doing hockey you know, use other, like do also pillow polo with the long handled implements. Like if you're teaching striking fielding, that's the time to do baseball and kickball. And like if you're teaching invasion games, that's the time to do the tag type games or the uh, hockey and soccer. Well, I guess these modified games, but small group games, five on five soccer, six on six soccer the most, you know, I do six on six chook ball in the tournament we do, you know, don't keep teaching the same things that were popular 20 years ago. It's just, it's not the same. I mean, this isn't a dodgeball debate, but I mean, if you're, st- I don't know. I just, <laughs> I don't want to make this a dodgeball debate. I've, I've talked enough about it, but like, if you're going to teach dodgeball, hopefully you can justify it and hopefully no one gets hurt um, because I've, I have had kids get hurt and I don't want to be the one saying to a parent, yep, I threw a ball at a kid and hit him in the face and that's why they went to the clinic. So make sure you're innovating with the times um, make sure you're looking to new for new ideas on social media. Hopefully, 
powerful ideas, good lesson plans, and innovate. Keep pushing the profession forward. That is number four. Okay, number five is be a bit of a troublemaker slash take chances. So a lot of this goes back to ask. Maybe I should have just called this ask. You know, I was a big troublemaker with my my principal that just retired. I'd ask her everything. I mean, and and a lot of things stuck and some things were like, no, not at all. You know, I asked her to be part of the hiring process. I was afraid because my first principal didn't ask me and I didn't ask him. And so when she came along, I'm like, hey, can can I be part of this hiring process? And she said, sure. And so I started that. And then I asked her, well, I've asked her a lot of things. I've asked her for, you know, uh, to sign off on, on grants we're doing. And then, you know, where am I to put these things? And she helped me out with that. And then we lost the space. And then I figured out what to do with that. With the, I made my office into a learning lab. And I got a outside projector and computers. And, and it's all about asking and taking chances. The worst thing I can say is no. I've asked her to bring archery in here. And she said no. I've asked her to turn the side of my building into a rock climbing wall with a grant. She said no because of the safety in, in, in both cases. But I've also asked to bring out special guests. Um, I, you know, hey, that's that's why we got the Red Sox out here last year. That's why we've had many different uh, sports and colleges come out, sports teams, colleges. Man, it's been it's been great. Just push the envelope. I don't know. Like I said, call it that. Push the envelope. Keep asking. Keep you know pushing. Keep trying. Take some chances. Be a troublemaker. Um, the last one I'll tell you is about this. I'll tell you a quick story. No. As a matter of fact, I'm going to save that for the cowbell tip of the day. So here it is, here it is the cowbell tip of the day. All right. So your tip of the day is uh, I'm going to just tell you a story about taking chances. And I was nervous and I was worried that someone was going to yell at me or something. But man, I worked. It was the, one of the best things I ever did. So my first principal, Mr. Vetter, he was amazing. He, um, well, he was he was sick. He had uh, cancer and he was basically forced to retire. So he retired. Um, it was like my the end of my third year, I believe, here. And he uh, had a staff meeting. You know, he said he just, he was too sick. He was too ill. And he retired and you know, there wasn't like a dry eye in the, the media center. And, you know, he said some nice things to me, how, uh, just about the PE program and how I turned some things around. And, um, and here's me going, you know, I'm going to pray for you. And he's like, you know, he's, he's turning back on me. I'm like, no, it's about you. It's not about me. But I, uh, I thought that'd be the last time I'd, I'd ever see him. Um, but on my break, uh, maybe a couple weeks later, I, it was near getting near the end of the school year. And we had already had our new principal uh, hired, I believe, but not uh, officially started yet. He was in his office. I was walking by uh, his office. Um, I don't know what I was doing, but I was on my break, walking by his office. And I saw his. the door was closed, and but he had a bunch of people in there. He came back. He was in there. I think he was getting some of his things. He was meeting with our administration, you know, the APs and, and uh, you know, the secretaries. And he was just basically, he was in there with his wife and I walk by and I'm like, oh man, I, I want to go say something to him. I want to go say hi, something. And I <laughs> I turned around and I w- walked back and I knocked on the door and I said, can I please come in? 
And he said, yeah, come on, come on, come on. And, and, you know, we just talked for a few minutes and, you know, I just told him how much he meant to me. And, um, you know, it was just a great conversation. And I, that was the last time I ever talked to him. He passed away um, not too long after that. But the bottom line of that story is, man, I would have regretted that the rest of my life if I didn't do that. So take chances. Um, I'm glad I did that. I'm so glad I did that. And, uh, yeah, take chances. That's your cowbell tip of the day. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in again to supersizephized.com or, well, that's my website. Thank you for tuning in to, the, to our podcast. You guys and girls are awesome. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I'd like some ratings getting going on there. Um, so we're over 100 episodes. Hopefully, if you found any of these inspiring or you got a few good ideas, um, I'd love it if you left a, uh, I don't care if it's a four or five star, hopefully not a one star review. Um, that'd be great though to spread the word um, in our profession and as always take care have a great day PE Nation you guys and girls are awesome here is a new beat for you